Hi, everyone, and welcome back. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to another fabulous, fantastic, wonderful episode of... Mutants. <laughs> Slayers. And Jedi. <laughs> oh, oh, my. Oh, my. <laughs> <laughs> so, Giselle, what are we talking about today? We are going to talk about Venom. Yeah. So, <laughs> um, this movie is crazy. What did you think about this movie, Giselle. I had fun. I was totally entertained by it. It was like eating that reliable pizza you get delivered to your house where you know, I'm going to enjoy this. Is it artisanal? No, but I'm having a good time. That's how I felt about this movie. How about you? It was definitely a movie. They (laughs) put it on film and then they uh, released it. That's what happened. That's what this was. Choices were made. I don't know if this is my favorite thing that I've seen. (laughs) <laughs> That's okay. I'm, I'm really i'm really happy i did not spend the money to see it in theaters i'll say that mm-hmm. i'm really glad like yes i get like big action set pieces but i didn't really need to see any of this on a big screen like yeah. you know what i mean like it was just fine like <laughs> seeing it on my small laptop sitting on my bed and trying to follow what the fuck was happening <laughs> um yeah so that's how i watched it it was <laughs> it was an experience right i think some of it's really funny yeah and i think so yeah i think some yeah. of it's really funny and i think a lot of it is from tom Hart. Uh, tom, tom oh nope what's his name tom hardy eddie brock eddie brock oh, the character okay eddie brock he knows what movie he's in exactly i don't i don't think everyone else got the memo what movie they're in what makes this movie as enjoyable as it is is 100 percent tom hardy he knows what movie he is in he you can tell he's having the best fucking time yeah i have to say with his character very self-deprecating i love how everyone shits on him like you look like shit he's not some and he did doesn't look good in this movie though there is that he looks very um sweaty it looks like he's always like going to go and take a poop like he needs (laughs) to take a poop and he's like on the liwr like the long island railroad and he can't Oh, gotcha, gotcha. It's like, oh, God, even if I find a bathroom, I'm not going to be able to sit down. True, yeah. You know, like, it's a situation. Anyway. uh, (laughs) So, yeah, we'll talk about a lot of things, but I did want to give a brief kind of rundown as far as who Eddie Brock from the comic books is, where he came from, and, like, all that kind of backstory comic book crunchiness. So if if you know this already, please skip ahead. It's going to be very brief. So back in 1984... They decided that they're going to make a bunch of action figures. And this is like the first time they're really going to make Marvel. Marvel was going to make action figures for real. So they decided that it was going to be based around an event called the Secret Wars. So what happened was Jim Shooter, who was the editor-in-chief at the time, was like, okay, so we need to figure out a way to make them all go to space and fight and blah, 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 blah. And then everything would be held in the balance and it wouldn't affect what was happening and some of the other comics that were going on at the same time. So Spider-Man, X-Men, Thor, Hulk, Captain America, all the goodies, Iron Man, went off, and they took all the villains, too. So they were going to have the villains fight the superheroes. It was a very basic setup. However, um, another character, Spider-Woman, was also there. Spider-Woman, though, is not the Spider-Woman you're thinking of. It's not Spider-Gwen. It's not Jessica Drew. It is a lesser-known Spider-Woman, who I always kind of grew up with, named Julia Carpenter. So she was the second Spider-Woman. Anyway, so her costume was black and white. 
which was based off a design by a comic book reader from Norwich, Illinois, named Randy Schuler, who then Marvel purchased the idea from for 220 bucks. Basically, Schuler's design was then modified by Mike Zeck, which became the symbiote costume, which we all know the Spider-Man black and white costume. So what happened was Spider-Man's costume, like his normal red and blue costume, gets all torn to shreds and he has to find a way to like replace it. So what he does is he finds a black orby alien, which will later be revealed to be the symbiote on a spaceship. So he takes it, has the brilliant idea to like put it on himself and it becomes a costume. And what he was imagining, or what he thought he was going to do, was have this black, orby, magical alien thing become his regular look like, it would look like his regular costume. But he already had a vision in his mind, by accident, Julia Carpenter's costume, which was black and white. So his costume became black and white. All of that was kind of retconned away, because as we reveal later on, it's an alien. When Spider-Man gets back to Earth and all this Secret Wars mumbo-jumbo bullshit is done, Spider-Man comes back, but he still has the black and white costume. What's later revealed is that, like, it starts to affect his mood. Very Spider-Man 3, if you've all seen that, but, like, well done and actually dramatic. Oh, boy. So then what happens is that Eddie Brock, who's, like, totally kind of broken inside... Mm-hmm. and has been a photojournalist and or a journalist who's like competed with Peter Parker for stuff so they already had like an animosity so Peter Parker figures out that the only way to get rid of the symbiote costume that's on him is to like hit it with loud sounds basically like in the movie so he gets he goes to a church i think and like up and he has the bell in the church swing and it gets the it's just like Spider-Man 3 yeah, yeah. so he gets the costume yeah. off of And it drops onto Eddie Brock, and Eddie Brock becomes Venom. So that's the origin story of Venom. And the character was kind of conceptualized originally by David Michelinie and Todd McFarlane, who did a whole story arc about Venom in Spider-Man. And there's tons of collections, so if you're ever looking for them, feel free to look it up. And a lot of them are just like collected in collections about Todd McFarlane, Todd McFarlane, Spider-Man, stuff like that. And actually, I think I helped put together one when I was at Arvo. So (laughs) anyway, a little healthy plug. Um, But (laughs) um, so, yeah, it's a really interesting and it becomes like really dark and like slow burning story about Venom coming out of the dark and like trying to kill Peter Parker and Spider-Man. It's like psychological and Mary Jane is involved and there's a lot of drama. Mm -hmm. So, um, Eddie Brock, though, through the years, because this is like 1980s, so he's been around for a minute, and he's probably the most popular, more recent, quote-unquote, character to come out of Marvel, like, pretty much the 90s, you know? Mm-hmm. So he uh, became really popular and well-known, has been around for ages. So he's gone from, like, being a villain to being an anti-hero to being a hero to being a villain again to, like, having cancer to not having cancer Jesus. to dying to coming, you know. He's done the whole thing. So... That's sort of like a basic rundown of Eddie Brock. Everyone, please applaud. History lesson with James, comics history. (laughs) (laughs) And I just want to make mention Anne Weying, who's his fiance in this movie, the Anne character played by Michelle Williams, is a real character from the comics. And she does have a symbiote at one point. And she calls herself She Venom. And I hate it. Okay, great. Yeah. So, <laughs> Why not just spell her? But I hate the code name. So there, 
it is. There anyway, it is. so that's the brief backstory of Eddie Brock, the Spider-Man, the suit in the comics. Anyway, it's different, obviously, from this movie, but it kind of gives you an idea of where he came from. Awesome. Thank you. So, yeah. Is it time? Should we dive yeah, in? Yeah, we should do it. We should definitely do it. Okay, so we start off with a spaceship, which looks like a video game, but uh, it's a spaceship flying back from what will later be revealed as a comet, and we're looking at it, and it crashes in East Malaysia, and the weird container thing with the symbiote samples are, like, being removed from it, but they say that, like, an organism has escaped, and there's three containers. One astronaut is alive, Jameson, and he has the symbiote. And Which he attacks people also in the ambulance. Easter egg because Jameson, astronaut. Yes. Is J. Jonah Jameson's son. Right. Who was an astronaut in the comics. Right. So he, like, this, the symbiote that's in him attacks an uh, ambulance that he's, like, taken away mm-hmm. in. And it transfers from him to one of the EMT women mm-hmm. in it. Yeah. And she has a badge that she's carrying from Jameson that, I guess, indicates the Life Foundation, which is our big bads company. So that's basically our cold open. And then we get like a title. We get the Venom across the screen. It was like a TV show. The whole tone of this movie is starting with this title card. Reminded me of the kind of movie that would have come out maybe 15 years ago. Everything from the formula of the movie, the kinds of characters, the special effects, the action sequences. It definitely had an early 2000s kind of vibe to it. It was like Electra, but like with Venom. It was not great. <laughs> better. But really to bad. be fair, better than Electra. Only slightly. Anyway. <laughs> uh, we then open on Michelle. And I wrote, we then open on Michelle and her wig. Yes. <laughs> but we, need to take, we already need to take a moment and just talk about this wig. Right. Another character in this movie, you gave us a really nice backstory of Venom, where he came from, the character and whatnot, and Eddie Brock. Another character in this movie is the wig. So this wig, <laughs> it's bad. I'm sorry. It is so bad. Oh. The, the, the weird like hair behind her ears thing and it never moved. And it just makes me crazy because, okay, I see Instagram ads for wigs better than the one she was wearing in this movie. And it drives me insane because who was in charge of that? Who okayed this? Did nobody try to like, at least give her the bangs, which is kind of a cheater thing to do, but it works with wigs. It's just lazy and it made me so mad. I know it's a dumb thing. It's, it's like a little thing, but little stuff like that. Just it's not me. a little thing though, because she is in every scene. She's in a lot of this movie true she looks absurd it's like she literally just like took a wig out of a bag and plopped it on her head you know like they say like a shake and go wig she just kind of went she Mm -hmm. was like okay now i'm gonna go if you were michelle william and you were sitting in that makeup chair i would be like no you guys like come on her real hair is so cute what's wrong with just letting her rock her awesome little pixie Right before we started recording this, James sent me an image of what the character looks like from the comics. I don't know what issue this is from, what era, but the character has this totally cute short hair vibe going on, and it's super cute. So, if anything, it was... I mean, the image I sent you was a little, a little mullety. I mean, but Michelle Williams' hair isn't mullety at all. It's like this cute little pixie do, and I'm like, that's an updated version of a short do. Yeah, yeah, just let her rock her hair. Why can't her character just have short hair? I mean, to make Michelle Williams look bad in a movie... Sin. ...is unacceptable. Sin. (laughs) And it's a feat. 
I'm like, okay, like I guess impressive. that was a mission. I don't understand. It's oddly impressive. Yeah. yeah. I was like, that's just like a separate alien on our head. Mm-hmm. And why never change it? Why like not? Okay. So have it split down the middle and she's going off to work, but we bump around in time here. We go six months ahead. Yeah. We like catch she, up with her later. I'm she, like, why don't you have her have the pixie cut six months later? That would have made so much sense because as everyone knows, you go through a bad breakup. What do we do? We get the haircut. It's part of the ritual. So think about it. He would have seen her again so many months later, traipsing around her neighborhood. And then she comes out with this amazing haircut. And that's when he would have known, oh, she got over me. Yeah. Yeah. And then when he says that line, like, oh, you look great. That would have made so much more sense because now she actually does. Right. (laughs) She was able to live her best life finally. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So... So, like, they're throwing pillows at each other, and they're being adorable. Their chemistry is actually pretty good. They seem to, like, have gotten, like, they get along well together, I think, like, in real life, and I think Mm -hmm. they're playing off each other well, and I think they're kind of cute. Totally. Um, No, totally. They totally, like, I believed it. Yes. So, Tom has a meeting, and Michelle's a lawyer or whatever, and then um, (laughs) Eddie Brock is a journalist, so he has this, like, video reporting thing called Brock Report. Mm-hmm. Um, so Eddie arrives at the office he works for and his interview, like his interview is scheduled with Carlton Drake. And that's like Elon Musk. Uber, sequel. Uber Elon Musk. Yes. Yeah. He's like, he's done it all. He's like almost cured cancer. He started a space federation. He's, he's figured out Rogaine. I don't, I don't yeah, know. Yeah. Yeah. He started a space program. So that's the same space program that we saw the astronauts flying from in the beginning, whatever. Mm-hmm. So Eddie thinks Carlton is a crook, but Eddie, but like his editor, his publisher tells him to chill the fuck out and like go and interview him anyway. So Eddie goes to dinner with Michelle and her hair. And I just wrote, <laughs> oh boy, her hair. And <laughs> I was like, <laughs> I really just couldn't. And then Eddie was like kicked out of his last job in New York City, so it's like another nod mm-hmm. to like marvelness of it all. Um, because oh, this takes place in San Francisco. Yay. Eddie is usually like all like Eddie Brock, like in every fucking Marvel hero is in New York usually. Mm-hmm. I'm not gonna lie, this made me very happy because I lived there for a short period of time. So it does make me very very happy to see a story in my beautiful okay. home away from home. <laughs> I think, yeah, I mean, you know, I think every city should have a hero, and I guess you guys get Eddie Brock. Actually, you know what? I'm totally cool with it. Yikes. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Um, Okay, so blah, 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 blah. Like, Eddie's, like, going to be all antagonistic to Carlton, and she's like, oh, you shouldn't do that, and blah, 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 whatever. They don't really care. They kiss. They leave the restaurant. They go and have sex. And then, although they, like, had sex with, like, and then they got dressed. I hate that. Anyway, I can't talk about it. PG-13. So, like, <laughs> like, did they come home and, like, get in their PJs and then have sex? I was like, what's this? Does the wig come off? Does the wig stay on? <laughs> <laughs> it wouldn't move anyway. Doesn't doesn't move. It doesn't fucking move. Sorry. So, Eddie wakes up in the middle of the night, and he looks at, I kept forgetting her name. Anne? Anne's computer. So I just kept writing Michelle. I was like, that's fine. Michelle's Interchangeable. It's fine. it's fine. It's fine. And then I wrote, don't share your password folks. No. And he opens, a pri- <laughs> he opens a private work email to Anne and it has an attachment slash brief about like all these people with cases against life foundation. Right. Sorry, go ahead. 
One of the those little nitpickety plot hole things about this movie is if a file is super dupes confidential, you probably wouldn't email it. You'd probably only mm. have that for your eyes only in an office and then maybe burn the copies afterwards, not put it in a digital form where the internet is forever, people. I'm sorry, please. Or you put in a password restricted site even where people would have to like log in and like have a password to get into right. it. It's it, not great. Yeah. yeah. It doesn't really make very sense. convenient for our, very convenient for our protagonist. Yeah. 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 So, okay. so, so that was a choice mm-hmm. that was made. Mm-hmm. Um, so then we open on Carlton talking to kids in the next scene. And so this is a part that made me crack the fuck up though, mm-hmm. because a kid, like this young girl has a question and it's like that's great like she's like gonna ask a question i was like oh what's she gonna ask <laughs> he takes this moment to not answer her question <laughs> not even to hear it i was gonna say he doesn't even say how no he just says it's like his time to mansplain how important it is to have questions right doesn't wait to answer it and gets called away to right. go and have an interview with eddie brock it was him to say i am a great what? human being Look at me being great to this child. Never let anyone stifle your voice. But my question, shh, I have to have an interview now. Goodbye, child. And then <laughs> here, throws a pin at her. I'm a great person. And then scuttles away. It is terrible. It's terrible. It was terrible. But I have to say at the same time, I think that is intentional characterization for him. Because him portraying himself and giving off this image of being so great and wonderful. But it's insincere, clearly. My problem is with this movie, I can't tell. <laughs> I really, I can't tell. I'm like, are they trying to show like he's like putting up a really good front and like I think supporting so. people and like all this great rah yeah. rah? Like we're not really supposed to believe he's a bad guy yet. Like da da da, or are we just like pointing out how terrible he is because he's mansplaining to a young lady who's like still waiting to this day to ask her <laughs> a question? <laughs> <laughs> Anywho, so that was. That, that, that was like, this is crazy. Oh, no, I cracked up. But then she, he, like, he says, like, I think the voiceover, I think they must have noticed that they should say something. And he's like, uh, blah, blah, blah. Field her question as he walked away. Like, oh, he was yeah, like, yeah. Let me just it at this female doctor to ask. <laughs> so <laughs> this female can ask her. Anyway, it was special. It was a moment. I loved it. Um, so, yeah, like, he's done cancer research she's founded the life foundation and now they're doing space exploration as you do (laughs) and then oh they even okay so carlton says okay so a lot of this movie tries to be very um present day like they try to be like very on the nose about like certain political current things (laughs) and this cracked me up or it made me upset i'm not sure they so they even had carl like Brock is like confronting Carlton about all these experiments and like all the case files that he mm-hmm. found. Not allowed to reveal his sources, but whatever. So they even have Carlton say the experiments being done on people is fake news. They really plugged that in. I was like, ooh, fake news. I was like, oh God. Alternative <laughs> facts. And then Eddie is kicked out <laughs> listing people from Michelle's email. And that's like the end of that scene. Yeah. It was, I mean, I guess we're. we're yeah, we're setting up a lot of um, problems yes. in the first, like, 15 minutes for all oh, these yeah. people to face. Yeah. So so Eddie gets back to his office and is, like, immediately fired uh, since he doesn't want to reveal his sources. But basically they know it's Michelle 
and she's fired too. So they're both fired and she comes out and like breaks up with him. And it's all very dramatic. Mm-hmm. This actually totally understood though, from her perspective of being like, you definitely like betrayed my trust and you're oh, a giant oh, yeah. asshole. So we, then we cut to Carlton and like the, the symbiotes are being delivered to him. And he's like, they're beautiful or whatever. So we're like establishing that he's bonkers for yeah. symbiotes, yeah. I guess. Yeah. We then cut to the EMT with the symbiote walking around, like all walking dead. And she grabs an eel and eats it and then slices a guy selling them. And she then releases spikes from her body, killing more people. And then she transfers to an old woman. That's basically that scene. We then skip to six months later. Yes. So they've done all this, like, I guess, research in the last six months. It seems like very slow research to me because, like, they're like, now we figured out that the symbiotes have to bond with hosts to survive. I was like, how did it take you six months? Maybe that's part of his genius. Like, he takes his time when necessary, it, like, and then he rushes it when necessary. We just don't understand his genius. It's bonkers. Um, and then he doesn't seem to know any of the research that's been going on. Because, like, he's literally being told all of this by the doctor. And I'm like, haven't you been present for all of this? He was too, he was too busy meeting up with children and then ignoring <laughs> them five minutes later. He has an image to uphold. <laughs> um, so basically, they have to find a host that matches, like an organ donor. Carlton instructs Doctor Skirt to begin human testing. Mm. She says it's too soon, and he insists and like low key threatens her kids, which we're gonna have to talk about later because nobody follows up with her kids later when she's right. Riz Ahmed did a great job with because frankly his character wasn't given that much, but I think he did a, he did a good job with what he had though, and I think this scene is his best because he does such a good job of being so charming and confident, but I'm totally threatening you at the same time, and you probably don't realize it until a second later after I walk away that I totally just threatened you and your family. Haha, <laughs> bye. Mm-hmm. Have to go mansplain to some more children now. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> and I wish he'd kind of seen a little bit more of that. Me too. Like, he goes very like, I am maniacally evil now. Like I'm like, mm. and I know this is very much like a fun, entertaining superhero movie. So they didn't take you know so many steps, which is totally fine because, as I said, totally entertained by this movie. But something I do really wish that I had seen more of was of his character because I did think he was interesting, and I really wanted to know more about him, him, him interacting with people, seeing that side creep out more and more. Maybe as the movie progressed if there was anything more behind his motivations as far as wanting to save the planet and save people. Because I think that's an interesting motivation, especially if you make it a little more personal. So that is something I really wish they had done with his character because he's so good and he did such a good job with what little material he had. So to have seen what he could have done with more, I think that would have been really cool. Yeah, I wish they we had personalized him a little bit more. Yeah. Like he's just like, I want to save the planet. I'm like, that's great and everything, but like <laughs> I mean, and global warming is really fucking scary and <laughs> everything bad is happening. But, like, narratively, it's just sort of like, there's nothing, like, to make me feel for you. When you take that wanting to save humanity but at what cost kind of personality, I want to see more as to why. Because, yeah, he wants to cure cancer. He does, in his own weird way, want to save the human race. And he is concerned about the planet. In the past, that has been used into evil purposes very interestingly. So I think that's something that was underutilized in this movie. Right. Yeah, and it's like he could find a way to like utilize the symbiote because he finds out that he has cancer. Ooh. And his way of solving, or like, you know, like, yeah, I don't know. Personalize it. Yeah, I don't know. Or, you know, I, 
I'm just throwing things out there because you talk about cancer immediately, basically, with him. And I'm just like, that's an easy one-two punch, basically. I was yeah. like, oh, wait. And we'll get that with the next one because, I I mean, Cletus Cassidy, not to spoil anything, but <laughs> Cletus Cassidy is a fucking crazy person. Like, yeah. he's, like, legit psycho. So if, like, you want to have, like, polar opposite, you, like, try to make this one have a lot of, like, heart, you know, relatability. And, like, so you figure out a way of being like, oh, I understand where you're coming from. Yeah. And I- kind of, like, see it flipped on its head by Cletus and be like, oh, no one knows what you're going to do. Totally. Like, he's the Joker of Spider-Man. Totally. And the movie that did that very well was The Amazing Spider-Man because the villain in that one, it was so personal for him. And you did feel for him. So that's a great example of wanting to do good but then it flipping itself out of that person's control and then them being corrupted by it. And Laura Wilson Fisk, who we even just saw in Mm. Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse, where he's like totally willing to destroy the world so he can get his wife and child back. Mm -hmm. And that personalizes it. In a weird way, I always want to somewhat root for the villain because I want to know why are they doing this? Yeah, we see such good prime examples of it so frequently now Mm -hmm. that's like we're kind of spoiled. Anyway, so we cut to a bar, and Eddie's drinking. <laughs> He's doing what every true San Franciscan does, hanging out at the dive bar. He's drinking his sorrow and I mean, being all sad. And then Carlton's on TV, and Eddie's like, all like, change the channel, and then he, uh, he leaves. And she sees, like, Maria, this homeless woman, selling like free papers. I thought the scene was kind of cute. I she love was, this scene. Maria was like, I walked all the way over there, got the free papers and brought them all the way over here. I love Maria. She gave me $5. <laughs> what do you know? She was a awesome. business woman. She's a business woman. Hey, she knows the hustle and she's working yeah. it. It's like, thank you, Maria. So Eddie's like all cute with her or whatever. And like throws her 20 bucks and it's really nice. And I'm like, how are you paying her? You have no job. It's fine. Whatever. So the bodega owner, who's really cute too, like tells Eddie he looks like shit. I, I like love her. Mrs. Chen. She is probably my favorite character in this movie. I thought she was really great. She just had no fucks to give. Like, you look like shit. Like... <laughs> she's like are you meditating he's like no because i don't understand so like apparently like her brother gave him like a meditation video that like he can't understand it's great anyway it's yeah. really funny what it's- say what this movie excelled in was with those little side characters maria and mrs chen um i do need to talk about eddie brock's voice in this movie <laughs> Um, His new, so isn't, that, isn't that what New Yorkers sound like? <laughs> Tom Hardy makes choices yes, in like does. every movie he's in. And I love and it. It's very accent-based choices. You know, making decisions. Yes, he uh, is. Yes, and he every is. every movie I've seen him in, he puts on some sort of affectation. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, most of the time, it just sounds like he's like trying to talk with like, marbles in his mouth, <laughs> and I'm like. What's this? What's happening? <laughs> so this is like that. This is what this is a marble performance. Not probably. a marvel, a marble. Marvel. Marble. Gotcha. Okay, okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I think um it's very like Audrey Hepburn and My Fair Lady. Like they're just like shoving it in his mouth and he's like, The rain in Spain and I'm just like, I don't <laughs> I'm out. Like, um, <laughs> it's fine. That's one of the things that I liked about this movie is, like we were saying before, you could tell Tom Hardy just had so much fun with this role. Like, I'm going to put on this accent. I'm going to have all these weird physical and verbal affectations. Witching and sweating and 
doing weird things with his face and mouth and yeah i know giselle's very happy with all of it (laughs) i am (laughs) (laughs) so then there's like this guy that comes in and he's like the protector of the bodegas in san francisco where Um, they force people to pay them for quote-unquote protection and it's a no-win situation because if you don't do it they'll fuck up your place and so it's a it's a bad situation so, you know, Eddie's all scared, doesn't do anything. Clear. I mean, that makes sense. Why would you? He has a gun. It's scary. Yeah. And so he takes the money from the bodega owner, and Eddie's, like, all, like, ashamed and sad, blah, blah, blah. She's a hot so mess. Eddie can't find a job. He lies down to meditate. And- I have another interjection, if I may. No, absolutely not. So you're Eddie Brock. You had the Eddie Brock report. You got fired. And, okay, no one's going to hire you. You know, there's this thing called YouTube and Twitter, which is really awesome. And he could have probably just started his own YouTube channel without yeah. having to seek permission from higher up at his own job. And he probably would have gotten like a lot of views and got a, would have gotten a lot of sponsors and been fine. Just throwing that out there. Yes. Bill DeFranco and Shane Dawson and all those people do a bunch of shit on YouTube. Yeah, he could have like, done Bill, his- DeFranco, Bill DeFranco basically does what Eddie Brock was doing. He would have been fine. Eddie, you were being lazy, but maybe that's the point. He was so sad. And another thing I got to point out. Okay, so this guy doesn't have a job, lives in San Francisco in this terrible apartment. That apartment would probably cost about $5,000 a month. So I don't know if he had good savings, if he had a Roth IRA account that he had been putting stuff into over the years that he was slowly taking stuff out. Not too much because you don't want to affect that interest when you got to do taxes. I understand. I know how the system works. But yeah. (laughs) He probably would. The business podcast with Giselle. (laughs) (laughs) I don't have interest work. Okay. (laughs) But seriously, there is no way he would have been able to afford an apartment in San Francisco. Okay. Nobody can afford an apartment in San Francisco. I figured Michelle Williams was paying for it when they lived together because she's a lawyer. Obviously, that was the situation there. Let's be perfectly, perfectly clear. He would have been living in like maybe Palo Alto, maybe that far north, more likely San Jose and taking the BART train in every day to go to San Francisco. Just saying. I'm being that person right now. (laughs) Well, I say shit like that all the time when we're talking about New York, so I get it. So it's my turn. It's my turn. I'm like, how the fuck are you affording that place? I just watched you on Netflix and I was like, that's unrealistic. Guys. <laughs> right? Not the stalking. The stalking's fine. But how are right, you? <laughs> right. It's like, how do you afford rent on a bookstore and your own apartment on top of that? And you're a book manager? Get the fuck out of here. And you choose to wear an apron. Like the stalking, whatever. Yeah, the stalking, yeah, yeah, whatever. But that, that. That's a problem. That's a problem. Also, you're in school and you have like a single loft downstairs apartment with a giant window. I'm like, get, go bite me. Yeah. Fuck you. Yeah. Anyway, I'm not angry. I'm not bitter. Um, <laughs> to quote Dorothy from Golden Girls, at least I'm not bitter. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not bitter. <laughs> uh, not a bitter Betty. So mm-hmm. we cut to Carlton, and he's bringing humans in to experiment on. I wrote really shitty notes because I sorry guys. So we're in the containment unit with the symbiote and this guy that they brought in named Isaac. And Carlton insists it's up to them to save the planet or whatever. He's, like, convincing him with, like, biblical verses and mm-hmm. shit. And mm-hmm. I was like, is that the way to go? If so- I understood the scene correctly, I'm pretty sure he compared himself to God whilst yeah. relating to this guy. I was like, fuck you. I love you. Oh, fuck you, man. Like, I mean that, but I mean that in a good way as far as responding to his character. Like, wow, you're such a shit. 
such a pile of garbage. Mm-hmm. So the symbiote attaches itself to Isaac, seems to be working, then all goes wrong, and Isaac like starts contorting, and the symbiote is rejected, and then he's like, bring in the next volunteers. And then we cut to Eddie walking down a block. Maria is like missing. Like he doesn't notices that she's gone. Um, and then, oh, this is really interesting too. Cause okay. So Eddie's like in the bodega and he's like talking presumably to himself. And then he's like, but he's not, he's actually talking to Dr. Skirth who we saw earlier. So she tells him about all these like poor people that Carlton is experimenting on and that how they're all dying. And um, she's scared of going to the cops because of her kids and her life and yada, yada, yada. And then Eddie tells her to like fuck off in a big way. And he's like, yo, my life was destroyed by this guy. I'm done. I'm out. Thank you. And good day. What do you think about that? I was really excited, even though her part was way too small. I was really excited that Jenny Slate's in this movie. She plays Dr. Skirth. She also plays one of my favorite characters on Parks and Rec, which is Mona Lisa Saperstein. So I'm not going to lie. When I was watching the movie, I kept saying, oh, Mona Lisa Saperstein. Money, please. Money, money, please. money, please. <laughs> Yeah, she's great. I thought the same thing. And I was like, when's she going to ask Carlton for money? <laughs> <laughs> And I was really excited to see her in this kind of movie. And that's another character where totally, I I wouldn't even say necessarily underdeveloped, but just underutilized because I love her. It's like, why would you get Jenny Slate and not let her do her thing? She's so good. Why would you get any of these people to do any of this? (laughs) Anyway, it's fine. Uh, (laughs) I felt bad for every, basically every woman in this movie. I was like, this sucks. Why are you here? Um, so then Eddie goes to Anne's mm-hmm. and, uh, she's with a guy named Dan. Eddie misses her and asks if they could find their way back. And she says, no, I liked how she shot him down. Yeah. And she's like, basically because of the whole betrayal of my entire trust. Yeah. And thing. Yeah. And then I wrote, it would have been great if they had Michelle have her pixie cut now six months later. Yeah. yeah. But no, still the same way styled exactly the same way. Yeah. Um, how great would it have been if that was the fourth symbiote? <laughs> it's just like it, it then like streams down from her head and just takes over her body. She gets all it's really hairy. It's really hairy symbiote. It's like and Chewbacca. That's why it wasn't accepted on its little symbiote <laughs> home because <laughs> I was a freak. <laughs> it's called Outcast. Uh, <laughs> yeah, hairball. Then we cut to Eddie. He's on a bridge. He's looking at like Carlton's office building, I guess. And he calls Skirth and she picks him up and he, she brings him to the office. Carlton, Elon Musk, she gives a lot of exposition. I think she does the exposition pretty well. She does. It doesn't, even though you can tell this is clearly a scene meant for exposition. She did. I think, yeah, I think she did a really good job. I think she did a pretty good job at it. It's hard. These are the type of scenes that are just unforgiving, um, <laughs> unforgivable and unforgiving. And then, so basically, Carlton slash Elon Musk is scouting real estate off planet because global warming. Um, Skur says that they found a comet, like comet coming back, I guess, with specimens that they brought back with them. Eddie does this spectacularly bad ET impression. And yes. Skur says, yeah, they're aliens. Like that. Uh, but we don't call them E.T. Uh-huh. Anyway, so Carlton believes symbiotes and, like, a human union will work to lead to the future of humankind off of the planet that we basically have destroyed. A security guard comes by, and Skirth quickly lets Eddie into a creepy lab by himself while she, like, distracts the guard. And so Eddie's, like, taking pictures of, like, all these dead people and, like, symbiotes and, like, 
he comes a, comes across another room and like Maria is in one of the containment units. Right. And I would like to point out that this is not something apparently Dr. Skirth could have done herself on her own phone. She no, had. not at all. No. And there are not. no security cameras here, apparently. <laughs> it is like the least <laughs> secure <laughs> facility capturing people I've ever seen. Like, right. It's bad. I mean, I think he needs to take some some tips from Laurie Strode. Anyway, it is <laughs> alligator <laughs> moat. Sorry, the moat, the security guard up. Please, let's go. What's happening? Yeah. And then, so he comes across Maria, one of the containment unit. He tries to like free her, and he tries to like push buttons, which I was like, don't do that. Like, what and are you then, doing, Eddie? I mean, he doesn't even look at them. He just starts like slapping his yeah. hand on it. And so he takes a like a fire extinguisher and yeah. just starts slamming it against the glass. And finally it breaks. And then she leaps out and apparently has a symbiote on him and like starts attacking Eddie. Trans like the symbiote transfers to him and she dies. And the alarm is going off and Eddie's like he like freaks out and runs. And mm-hmm. then he's attacked in the hallway by security guards to stop his escape and like just takes just like totally takes down both oh, yeah. He like breaks out, he jumps through a fence. <laughs> I think he it was kind of a funny moment too, because he like clearly was gonna like jump onto the fence and then like climb mm-hmm. up it. But instead just like jumps through it. <laughs> like nah. The whole thing like falls down with him. I thought that was funny. No, I liked like, it, yeah. <laughs> I was amused. Um the guards shoot at him and the symbiote is like full on taking control to keep him going. And then he climbs up a tree, evades the guards. It's more exciting than that, but that's the yeah. gist of it. It's a fun it's, sequence. Yeah. Uh but then we cut to Eddie returning to his apartment to call Skirth. He's leaving a voicemail, which I don't think is a good idea. And then Yeah, you're a gotcha reporter. Don't you know that this is like, what like you- gotcha on voicemail. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> Don't you know? You're the one who exposes people. That's so dumb. It's like the stupidest thing. I was like, okay. But um, Eddie drinks a glass of water and starts like eating everything inside, including garbage. And then he pukes. So like- as far as scenes I was relating to when he's back at his apartment and he's just so hungry that he's eating everything. Yeah, I can relate. It's the garbage eating. Well, part, I mean, right? we've had, I mean, you've never thrown something away. Like I'm not going to finish that. And then you, you, you do finish it. No. <laughs> 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 this podcast is over. I'm disgusting. <laughs> he then gets scared from the symbiote voices, like in his head. Um, I like the way they and, do this. <laughs> and then he falls into a, the shower or something? The first time he sees it in the mirror, his fucking shriek, the first time oh, he sees yeah. it was, yeah, yeah, yeah. it was amazing. I loved it. The, <laughs> <laughs> like just no composure at all with this situation. So much sense to me. I was like, yes. Um, so then we cut to Carlton finding out about the break-in and the missing symbiote. I'm like, where have you been, bro? Like, are you napping? What's happening? Yeah. Um, and the fact that they I, don't immediately know that it was her. That they would immediately know it was her if, like, they had security cameras. Or, like, who checked in about. at what times. Oh, and the security guard definitely saw her by herself in there. Yeah. Uh, oh, so another test subject person has also woken up, and he's, like, adjusted to the symbiote, or seems to have. And he wants to up the tests and find the symbiote attached to Eddie. Eddie wakes up, his apartment is trash, and he feels like crap. Great. We then cut to a lot of cuts. We're like really like checking in with everybody. Yeah. Okay. Like what's going on? Then we cut to this old woman 
the old woman with the symbiote now attached to her and she's like arriving at an airport and I think this is the part where she sees like the young girl mm-hmm. and her mom go into a bathroom and she like follows them in. Yeah, to- and I don't know what security is like at this airport, but apparently they let you get so far in that you're able to make it up escalators. Nope. That that's a thing, apparently. Yeah. 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 And you're yeah, you definitely would be able to check in to fly to like America without a passport you know, identification. A passport. That's cool. Yeah, you didn't buy a ticket, clearly. Yeah. So, like, what's happening? Choices. Choices. Anyway, yeah. Eddie, well, okay, so we're cutting down, we cut to Eddie walking down the street trying to talk to Anne. He arrives at a restaurant where she's eating with Dan. Anne and Dan, by the way, can we just have a different name? Yeah. Maybe one that doesn't rhyme with Anne. It's a two so, Anne and Dan. Anne and Dan. Or, like, Dr. Seuss book. Yeah. And then yeah. Eddie. <laughs> and their great friend, Brock. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. This scene was, this scene was like a comedy no this was hilarious and yeah. this is another scene where you could tell everyone was having fun with it let's do you know, every I mean, michelle's wig was just like laughing and cackling yeah. along she was yeah. having a great time that yeah. old gal yeah and then, uh, <laughs> and then the jumping into the lobster tank <laughs> oh, the lobster tank because he's really really hot <laughs> um, yeah and he's like trying to show her the pictures that he took at the facility Looking, and then and he looks tell- rough here he looks rough yeah, he looks bad here. Yeah. This is like the worst that he's looked. Yeah. And he tells her he broke into the life foundation and she's just like, I don't want to hear that. He's like burning up and he like picks up a lobster and bites into it and spits it out. God, like, it's so gross. He's like, this is dead. This is dead. <laughs> like all the shit he's saying. It's so great. It was pretty good. This yeah. dude cracked me up. It was like, what is this? What it, happened? Yeah. <laughs> He then jumps into um, the lobster tank to cool down, like you said, yeah. and he like tells Anne that he has proof that Carlton has abducted people, and he then grabs a lobster and bites into it, like and starts eating the live lobster. And I was like, <laughs> "What, you guys?" So Dan, who's with Anne, stops like the cops being called because he's like, "He's my patient." Dan, who, by the way, is so okay. You are the most well-adjusted person in this movie for being as okay with this situation as you are. Absolutely. I was like, you are almost too okay with everything. I don't understand who you are. (laughs) Right. I was like, what's this? I'd be like, I'm out. I'm good. I know. I'd be like, so forget my number. If this is a part of our dynamic. No, sorry. Sorry. I know our names rhyme and we were going to name our kids pan and fan but i just can't right all right so then dan puts eddie into an mri to run some tests and it like causes eddie and the symbiote to freak out um this will be like revealed later why this happened but anyway so they leave and there's like a dog in the hallway and like barks at eddie and the dog will come back later so that's important kind of and then they like walk out of the hospital or Dan is, like, going to be in touch about the results or whatever. And I don't know what results they would have gotten from the two seconds he was in MRI. Oh, so Dr. Skirth enters her office, and, and, like, security is at her desk. So clearly she's been found out. A host in... uh, No, 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 no. I don't know what I wrote. (laughs) 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 Wow. Oh, wait. No, no, no. Okay. So is this when the security guards, is this when the security guards approach her in her office? Like, well, 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 I guess we know who let in the usurper. It's this scene. Yeah. 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 So then what I wrote was a host in office is now wasting away. So that the guy who seemed to have been like adapting to the host is now like 
I, I thought I said the host mouth is now washing away, and I was confused, and I was like, that can't be right. Yeah. Um, so they have to find a new one, and Skirth is brought in by security. Skirth apologizes to Carlton. That sucked. I don't want her to apologize. That pissed me off. That moment didn't stand out to me that much. The only thing I yeah. can assume is that she was scared, and because she kind of knows what he's capable of, so she's trying to make... I know, but she knows he's a fucking douchebag. True. No, very true. I'm just like, ugh. Anyway, <laughs> I didn't want her to apologize. I just, I, for me, I was like, don't apologize. Um, so Eddie's on a cable car, and is like, hungry, and he, like, gets off, but, like, while freaking everyone out. Yeah. And he gets home, and he gets a call from Anne and Tan. I really, I can't. That those. <laughs> And they tell him he has a parasite. They say it, like, so casually. Oh, you have a parasite. Yeah, no bad. Um, also, like, they can tell it's a parasite, but not what kind of parasite. I can't. Anyway. Oh, so they tell him he has a parasite. And he's not sure how they got I'm not sure how he got it, blah, blah, blah. And, oh, it, like, also makes him have... They say that it can make you have, like, hallucinatory vo- voices. So, like, that's what he's thinking. But then he's like, um, but... Does it also make you, like, climb a really, really, really tall tree really fast? And then they say they will get him on some meds. Basically, they don't answer that question. So then, loud music from next door. Eddie, this reminded me of Catwoman. Oh, no. Where it's, like, the loud neighbors. And she's like, this kitty has bite now. And, like, just, like, jumps out and, like, starts beating up, like, people across the street or something. Now I really wish Eddie Brock slash Venom had said that. I'm picturing it. I can't unsee it. I, <laughs> I don't know if I'm quoting her directly. <laughs> it doesn't I matter. I want it. Good. I want it. <laughs> <laughs> I want him to like transform into the cat woman costume. Mm-hmm. Be like slinking around and like become CG mm-hmm. when she like goes on top of a building, but like in her regular outfit. That movie was bonkers. Yes, it was. Anyway, but mm-hmm. anyway, so this just reminded me of that because he like goes to the neighbor next door and like tells him to turn down the volume and then like gets all venomy in his face and like scares the fuck out of his neighbor. And I guess that's like supposed to make you feel good, but like also his neighbor's just playing loud music, so maybe don't be a complete asshole. So but then we cut to Carlton and Skirt talking. He says he needs to know who was with her. He needs her to tell him who it is so that they don't die. And she tells him. And I was like, Skirt, like you've lost all my confidence. I don't know what's happening. So he opens up the symbiote container and then he like leaves the room and the scene ends. Yep. What if, okay, I have to interject uh, this. Yes, what please. if symbiote had matched with her? What if they had <gasps> been compatible? And that then, cool. then she would have showed up at the third act like, oh, you thought I was dead, but now I'm actually the big bad because I'm so corrupted. Money, please. And that's all the venom. <laughs> that was so good. She's like a venom. And she has, she's like asking for money. Money, please. <laughs> that's my dream. Her venom, her, her symbiote could be green. <gasps> she wants money. Like slinking, you know, slinking around being like, money, please. Yeah. Like really obnoxious. I like it. Yeah, I like it. Why didn't they do that? Why don't they? <gasps> Instead of like her regular eyes, it could be like dollar signs. Oh my God. Yes. I'm in love with this. Oh. I'm going to need to draw this. This is crazy. Yes. Okay. Okay. Or maybe she shows up in the sequel. We think it's Carnage, but it turns out she didn't die. And then she just shows up in the next one. So Carnage will maybe, we think he's the big bad, but then she ultimately shows up and then, <gasps> Dr. Skirth. I love it. Mm-hmm. But she's definitely get on the ground, so I don't think it's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> unfortunately. <laughs> um, 
cut to Eddie and like Venom is telling him like not to open the door and then he opens it anyway when there's a knock and then security from like Life Foundation comes in to reclaim the symbiote Eddie and Venom have to fight over whether they should put their arms up or not and I was like nope it was on like it was funny at first and I was like nope going on too long. I like that whole sequence because this was the beginning of, because the way I see this movie is that more than anything, it's a buddy movie. These two becoming friends and just seeing their odd, wonderful little friendship blossom. Like, no, don't do that. You're making us look bad. I was like, <laughs> I liked Venom's personality a lot. I did like that line. You're making us look bad. I was like, that's ridiculous. Why would an alien say that? Well, exactly. That's what makes it so crazy. Like the fact that the alien's like, dude. Um, so they shoot him with a taser, but he like kicks the hell out of them and like just beats them all oh, up. Oh, yeah. And then I wanted to say this one line because it made me laugh. Venom says, let's bite off their heads and make a pile. And then Eddie's like, why would we do that? And he says, to make a pile of heads and a pile of bodies. Yeah, like, it's like, so, like reasonable. Right? I know. Like, obviously. <laughs> I think it's one of my we have to organize the, the mayhem and destruction. I think that's like, one of my favorite lines too, because just so matter of fact, like this is <laughs> that's what you do. Yeah. There's so there's piles. So he has some piles. I was like, oh, he's like an OCD. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. <laughs> Got it. Okay, great. I love, love Venom it. so much. <laughs> so anyway, Eddie runs and he jumps out a window and like swings into an apartment across the way. The security guard calls into Carlton and like he's able to see the symbiosis. It seems mm-hmm. to be all successful and stuff. All these drones are following him and stuff like that. Very dramatic chase sequence. It's very dramatic. And but before that, like Eddie gets into like this weird fight with Venom in the alleyway, and then Eddie hops on a bike and starts to run from the security guard, and the drones start pursuing him, like we said. And then Carlton's like, "These are the best results we could have ever hoped for," and he starts like rubbing his nipples. He's all excited. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. The drones. Cr- oh, so like these drones cause a lot of destruction. <laughs> I'm like, these drones suck. <laughs> like they're like hitting every car. They're just like hitting every car. Every car is going flying. None mm-hmm. of them are getting close to Eddie. No. So then, like, brown vehicles try to move in, but the symbiote helps Eddie evade them. Then Eddie jumps into the air on the bike, but, like, Venom keeps him on the bike. That, that's kind of cool. Yeah, it's a and fun, then, it's a really fun sequence to watch. Him trying to figure out what's going on with Venom, <laughs> being like, I got this. Calm down. I got yeah, this. fine. And then, um, so Venom reaches into, like, two cars that are, like, on either side and, like, sends them flying and... Eddie is then hit by a car, and the security guard stands over Eddie, but Eddie is, like, healed by the symbiote. Like, he had, like, two broken legs. And then Venom totally overtakes Eddie's entire body. And this is, like, the first time we see Venom Venom. in all of his, quote-unquote, glory. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. And he, like, lifts the security guard guy off the ground and then a cops comes up a cop comes up and like shoots him and he, like throws the security guard away and like bites the cop's head off <laughs> it's great yeah that's fine and he gets away yeah action pack sequence it was pretty good yeah it was pretty good i liked it so then eddie wakes up and his legs aren't broken he's all like that's cool and then venom tells eddie that he's a loser <laughs> You've been watching the movie. I love how everyone just shits on Eddie. (laughs) Venom just flat out, you're a loser. 
so that happens. And I was, I laughed. And, <laughs> and then like Venom's like, I found you, you didn't find me, which doesn't really make sense, but that's fine. And then Eddie asks if the Venom will eat anyone else. And Venom says, most likely, yeah. which also made me laugh. And then <laughs> Venom tells him to cooperate and he might survive. All right, Venom, I see you. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, wheeling and dealing. So then we cut to the little girl who is now possessed by the symbiote. We cut to Anne in the car being told by Dan can't, that, that Eddie's situation is, like, way worse than they thought. Mm-hmm. And she calls, but uh, she tries to call Eddie, but he doesn't answer. And then we cut back to Carlton, and the symbiote that was on Skirth is dead. And then, like, he's like, yells at the other people, like, blames them, which I guess makes sense because he's so far up his own ass. Mm-hmm. And then he, like, yells at the security guard to get Brock back alive. Anne arrives at Brock's apartment and it's blocked off by cops. And cut to Eddie, and, and he's, like, finally answering the phone call from Anne. And Eddie goes to, and he's like, no, you have to stay away from me, blah, 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 blah. Great. Talk to you later. Bye. Mm-hmm. Eddie goes to the office where he worked and, Brock TV or whatever, and goes like to give the pictures to the editor, but the security guy won't let him up. Venom says, Venom says, eat his brains. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> it's like, whoa. And then Eddie leaves quickly to prevent that, prevent that from happening. Right. Venom's like, oh, you want to get to the top? I can do that. And he starts like leaping up the side of the building. And then there's like this touching scene. Yeah. It's like, um, it's very like King Kong. They have like a little moment. Day Ray and King Kong moment at the top of the building. It's very sweet. And Venom finds it nice. And he's almost sorry that he has to see it all end, like basically the planet. And then a plane flies by and Venom freaks the fuck out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and Eddie like starts sliding down the building and Venom stops them finally. They burst through a window and he like leaves the evidence to the editor. And Venom's starting to like Eddie in their great match or whatever. Yeah, like, okay, Eddie's starting to fall. And, and then he tells Eddie to jump out a window. But Eddie's like, nah, bruh. And he instead takes the elevator. <laughs> 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 I, like, I like that cut. He's like, jump. And we just see like this close-up of Eddie. And then we're at the elevator. <laughs> <laughs> and then Venom's like, boo. <laughs> like, that, that tracks. So then Eddie exits. Oh, he exits the elevator and like security is all there. And they're, oh, and then Eddie like masks up. So now I guess he has like a, a code word for Venom. Because that's what the security team said to each other mask up. So Eddie, I guess, was like, all right, I'm going to say something cool now. And Venom's going to show up and be like, ha ha. And then he like basically just tears through the security guys. Yeah. Like, yeah. So, and then Anne arrives and screams. My issue with the all, the all these times when people like see something scary and you're not like, immediately involved with it and you see a big monster would you scream i think i would be just shocked yeah and run the fuck away yeah i would there would be that moment of you processing what the fuck is happening and and then just all right i leave now i i am leaving this this situation and yeah. bye yeah. ain't nobody got time for that no. i gotta get the hell out of here yeah. i'm good so she screams so that's a choice and then as Venom is about to, like, eat a cop, and then she starts to, like, kind of run off, but doesn't really. Mm-hmm. Eddie stops her, and, like, he's back to, like, looking like himself. And she says he's really sick. Mm-hmm. Understatement of the year. And says, it's like, hospital now. Like, we need to go. Mm-hmm. And then Venom likes her, and they head to the hospital. And Eddie reveals that sound and fire are his weaknesses. So that's why, like, the MRI mm-hmm. fucking messed with his head. And then uh, Venom tells Eddie to apologize I like to her in case he dies. 
and it was kind of cute. Yeah, because I like how Venom kind of warms up to Eddie. Obviously, he's like, ew, I'm stuck with this guy. But after a while, he's like, I got you. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to guide you. What you want to do. You need to apologize to, like, your ex-girlfriend right now. Yeah, like, immediately. You were a total shit. Like, yeah. listen to Venom, Eddie. Uh, so we see Anne's car is being followed by a drone. Ooh, scary. Little girl symbiote arrives at the Life Foundation. Carlton comes up upon her, and, and like, she starts to strangle him, and it cuts. So basically... Carlton was about to do his thing. Oh, great, there's a child here. I get to be great to this child. He's like, oh, do you have a question? Wait, <laughs> it's really great that you have a question. Let me tell you how great it is that you have a question. Here, take anyway, my- I'll answer it tomorrow. Come back later. His Bye. pockets are just full of pins he gives to kids, and then he can walk away gracefully. <laughs> He just stalks him up, like, ah, about to inspire some more children today with pins. <laughs> this guy's an asshole. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Little, okay, so Dan tells Eddie that his heart has atrophied, basically, and Dan can't fix it. Venom says they're lying and attacks Dan, and then Anne turns on the loud frequency thing so it all comes together. Not Venom. Venom freaks out, and it flies out of Eddie, and they lock him up in a separate containment unit, and then, like, Eddie's like, peace out, see you later, and he leaves. And then... Also because, don't forget, Eddie felt betrayed by Venom. He was like, you lied to me. Oh, yeah. He said, you lied to me. See, this is why I argue the big relationship in this movie, the big reconciliation and development, is Eddie and Venom, because they're the ones that have the moment of, you lied to me. No. I don't think there's a competition, because Anne is... There. Terrible character. Anne is there. It's really about Venom and Eddie. It's more like a romantic comedy between the two of them. Yeah. Yeah. Anne and her wig. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And neither one of those people are winning. Anne and the wig are losing in every regard. Yes. They look together. Yeah. They literally look terrible together. Yes. And then, uh, <laughs> and, okay, so then the symbiote escapes through the air event thing. Anne and Dan realize it's gone. And then the symbiote takes over that dog from earlier that barked mm-hmm. at Eddie. The guards from Life Foundation find and nab Eddie. And then Anne comes upon the dog in the hallway. I thought it'd be hilarious if the dog rescued Oh my god, Eddie. and it'd be like a big, big dog too. Like, but a big, cute dog, but it's scary, but it's still kind of cute. Yeah. And Remember it- the mask dog? Like, when the dog from the mask had the mask on? Oh, yeah. It all like crazy, and I was like, like that. And then later when Anne, it turns out, comes to save him, it's really the dog just, like, galloping in the forest. <laughs> That'd be amazing. That'd be my favorite. None of that happens. In a Missed episode. opportunity. So Eddie is tied to a chair. Carlton enters. Carlton wants to know where the symbiote is. Eddie's like, I'm not going to tell you, and I wouldn't tell you if I did know. And then Carlton transforms into a symbiote monster. Ooh, so he, like, has the symbiote from the little girl from before and screams, where is Venom? And he, like, freaks out. Mm-hmm. And Eddie still doesn't say. Carlton and his symbiote agree to work together when he leaves the room. Security guard walks Eddie out to the woods to kill him. So, okay, so then Anne comes, and she's, like, the Venom. I loved Anne Venom a lot. when <laughs> She's all <laughs> slinking and looking all hot. I'm like... This is absurd, and I fucking thing. Yeah, it was pretty good. (laughs) I loved it. It's like the dragged up version of a regular venom. Yeah, big tits. Like the the waist is cinched. Right, like especially the little sauntering he was doing. I support it. I'm for it. It was funny. Yeah, it made me laugh. So she like kills everybody, and like venom. 
slash Anne kisses Eddie. As a way to. As a way to transfer the venom back to Eddie. Right. She transfers back to Eddie, and then Venom calls the one that's in Carlton Riot. And so they have to go because Riot's like a big baddie, but he won't let Anne come with them. And Eddie's like, oh, but she can fight ugly. And she's like, yeah, I fight ugly. And really stupid exchange. And I was like, it's a big fucking alien. It doesn't care if you can fight ugly, it will eat your head. Well, and it was obviously a way to say, this is a good female character. Like, no, is she though? It's terrible. And like, this sucks. And like, obviously, like, what are you going to do without having a symbiote of your very own against a fucking giant alien monster? So then we cut to Carlton prepping to fly the spacecraft. So basically the plan, I guess, is to like get all the alien symbiotes come back to Earth and annihilate everybody. But Venom like decided that he does not want to do that plan anymore and he wants to stop it from happening. Yeah, because Venom has a little bit of a soft spot for Earth. And I can't remember if this is the scene when this exchange happens, but I think Eddie asks him, what changed your mind? And and then I love how Venom says, well, you know, actually back on my planet, I'm kind of a loser like you. So, you know, I kind of like it here because I'm not a loser here. I mean, you're a loser, but I'm not a loser here. (laughs) (laughs) We can knock the losers together. It's great. Yeah. And like Venom's like, oh, you you changed my not my mind, Eddie. And I was like, okay, guys, this is the reconciliation. Oh this is the <laughs> moment we all wait for in the romantic comedy. Great. <laughs> Great. Yeah. So then Carlton starts to count down, and when the docs like tries to kind of stop it or something, and like Riot freaks out and kills him, and like scares everyone else away, and like leaps towards the shuttle like out the window, and this is Venom sh- runs up to stop Riot, and they start battling. Yeah, and this is a shuttle that is very close to a big major city. Yeah. There's no problems with this. No. It's all perfect. Yeah. It all makes perfect sense. There aren't rules and laws about having these kinds of vehicles, mass, mass energy producing vehicles close to cities and woods that could catch on fire. Totally aren't laws about that at all. Oh, it's fine. It's all going according to plan. Mm-hmm. Whose plan? <laughs> Riot's plan. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's a fucking terrible plan. So then they start battling or whatever, and then, like, Venom is getting all beat up. And it's a and- very big, over-the-top battle. And something we've been mentioning throughout this is how, in many ways, I think this movie knew what it was. And I think with this battle, the way it's choreographed and the kind of big, over-the-top fighting they're doing, they know, this is ridiculous. These are two aliens. We're just going to go over-the-top with the weapons that they're forming on their bodies. And we're embracing this situation. It's pretty terrible. Anyway, um, it's a big CGI mess of goopy shit hitting each other. And I was just like, okay. And then, <laughs> like, whatever, guys. So then, but Anne arrives in, like, the launch bay command area. Because she fights ugly. Yeah, she fights ugly. Riot, like, literally pulls Venom out of Eddie. And then, so, like, kind of anticlimactic, though, because then Eddie just, like, extends his arm and, like, reconnects to him. Like, like, don't you... Okay. Riot, you just did this. Don't you know how this works? All we have to do <laughs> is do the E.T. thing. Hey, set up and pay off. Like, that's uh-huh. what they did. That's what they did. And then they reconnected. No setup. There was no payoff. <laughs> <laughs> Not okay. Um, fuck you, Giselle. And then, um, <laughs> oh, and then this gets, like, an ink blot. 
blot test and they just like fight but they're like ink blots and weird stretchy things and this sucks <laughs> and then they like combine into one giant venom oh monster. yeah the, the the mega venom that's what i call it in yeah. my head and then they start leaping up the shuttle and think i of, wanted the movie to end okay and- think of what <laughs> would have happened when we have the mega venom entity what if Anne had showed up and thrown her wig at it would that <laughs> I'd fight ugly <laughs> then that would have been her fighting ugly and maybe the wig that would have gone oh god no not this and then that would oh, that's way too ugly and then that's what would have caused the separation I like it mm-hmm. that doesn't happen instead she uses <laughs> she turns on loud volume which causes the symbiotes to separate from the hosts I'm like, do all these computers just have, like, loud speakers? Yeah, that's convenient. Is that the kind of speaker you randomly have at your facility, the loud speaker that causes certain megahertz or whatever it is? We didn't go to science school. We don't know. So maybe we're wrong. (laughs) I didn't go to school for science. Um, (laughs) Eddie and Carlton and... uh, What? what? Oh, so they... (laughs) I forgot what happened. So loud noise. Um, the symbiotes separate from both the hosts and then Eddie and Carlton like fight without their symbiotes mm-hmm. and Eddie seems to be winning and then Carlton finds his symbiote but Eddie kicks him off the ledge which I laughed at and then he starts to like <laughs> and yeah. the white me up he goes you talk too much and they just, oh, <laughs> I like try to do his voice you talk too much and he's like kind of kicks him off yeah yeah, and yeah. oh and then a spike goes through Eddie as he's like walking away Right, it takes the time though to tell him that he is nothing, and then Blot runs off. And I was like, it's almost like a three beat where we have like Miss Chen tells him that he's a piece of shit, and then like the security guard tells him he's a piece of shit, and then this guy tells him he's a piece of shit. I'm like, this is great. I like yeah. it. Of all the stuff we've mentioned, I do appreciate how this movie is very self-deprecating in a way with these kinds of beats, like. Dude, you're you're a mess. Um, so Riot makes his way to the shuttle, and then fi- Venom like finds almost dead Eddie. <laughs> Daddy. Daddy. Um, dead Eddie. Dead Eddie. Dead Eddie. Right, right. Yay! <laughs> um, and then he like reconnects um, to Eddie, and then Venom leaps on the shuttle and like drags the spike that was in Eddie's chest down the shuttle, and like causing it to explode. And Venom says, like, a terrible line. He goes, have a nice life. And I was like, that's <laughs> why. Like, what are you talking? And then... <laughs> it's Remember, a- Venom's a loser. <laughs> he is a loser. What a stupid line. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, what? What? This is why then, Venom like, was a loser on the symbiote planet because they because imagine back on the planet they're like God damn it Venom just just stop talking. Venom has come back to just like have a nice life for like everything. And then Eddie being like, dude, no, that that's not a good line. I'm a reporter. This embarrasses me. And then so they're falling and like Venom's slowing the fall like with a parachute <laughs> that he's created from himself and he's like. Bye, Eddie. <laughs> and they kind of get sad. And I was like, he's clearly not going to die. Like, Obviously. So they land in the water, and Eddie's okay. And then we cut to Eddie and Anne, and they're, like, talking. And Anne is, like, going to go into being, like, a public defender now. And she doesn't want money. Um, right, yeah. But she'll never, she'll never fix her wake. Her wake would just look like that. Yeah. And then Eddie was offered his old job back, but declined to concentrate on the most the more lucrative and secure written word. 
another sign that this movie feels like it was meant to have come out 10 or 15 years ago. I feel like that's a line that would have made sense. Yeah. 15. 30 years ago. 30 years ago. It's like, no, dude, YouTube, go on YouTube. How did no one writing this go, this is a thing? Or yeah, make up like, a fake YouTube because of copyright reasons, but you know what I mean. BoTube. Like, yeah. who cares? Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. RockTube, make your own network, whatever. Yeah. Like, she yeah. could do a whole Snapchat thing and people would be like all over it. Weird. Um, I feel like, do we feel like this script was long in production? I like, I don't know the history of this script, but I, don't, I feel like probably around, like, they kept rewriting it. Like, I have a feeling because I know I've been saying this repeatedly, but the fact that it feels like the kind of story we would have seen a while ago makes me feel like the first draft of this was probably written a while ago. And they did slight changes to update it. I'm looking up briefly, like, really quickly, but apparently, like, Tom Hardy had, like, a meltdown on set about the lines that he had to say in this movie. Oh, no. <laughs> and I'm like, that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, that tracks. Um, anyway, maybe it was this scene maybe. where he's talking about going into the written word. I, I mean, all of what we've seen from Eddie Brock, to me, imagining him writing something, it, it, it just makes me, it's funny. It's just funny. Yeah. Um, yeah. Anyway, but you know, you can't judge a book by its cover. That's so you are. And then Anne's like, I'm so sorry about Venom. Yeah. And then Anne says the power was great, avoiding talking about, like, the kiss. And then Anne feels something off when she's, like, tells him they won't tell Dan about the whole symbiote kissing situation. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then um, we, like, hear that Venom is still attached to Eddie and it's, like, such a twist or whatever. It's not a twist at all. We all know that nothing happened. Right. And then, ooh, then the appearance. And then he's like, don't give up on her, either of you. And I was like, all right. And then, (laughs) (laughs) stop. And then Eddie tells Venom that he can only eat very, very, very bad people. They go get food. And they arrive at a bodega, the bodega again. And then like that gangster guy pops back in. And Venom stops him, threatening him that he'll rip off his arms, his legs, and his face, and, like, says that he'll just be, like, this armless, legless, faceless. <laughs> this, I love this because it's, like, Venom, you get it. <laughs> I up, I like it. No, I like, Venom's choices. <laughs> I just love it. <laughs> and he's, like, on second thought, and then he just eats him, eats the gangster. So the gangster's dead. Mm-hmm. Um... Okay, and then the movie's basically over. They, like, walk off into the night together. Because they're together now. It's the end of the romantic comedy. They are together forever and happy. And learning to compromise with each other. We only eat bad people. What are we going to do now? And and Venom's like, whatever we want. (laughs) 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 So that was that. Oh, and then there's a mid-credits sequence. Of course. So we're at San Quentin Prison. And Eddie's arriving, and he's like, okay, Venom, you need to shut your fucking mouth, because this is not a you situation, this is a me situation, I'm going to need you to be quiet. So, Eddie comes in to interview Carnage, Cletus Cassidy, who's played by Woody Harrelson, has a wig. (laughs) Now, this wig, much better. I mean that's not a that's not a large right. I know the the bar is is pretty low here. Yeah, I mean it looks pretty bad still. And I don't think his eyebrows matched his hair color, if memory serves. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, thinking back, I'm like, hmm, that was a choice. Yeah. 
And you can tell just for the one minute that Woody Harrelson got to be in this that he went full Woody Harrelson and just had fun with it. It actually makes me want to kind of look forward to the next one. I'm I'm apprehensive about saying that because this movie was such a dumpster fire. (laughs) Um, Yeah, Mm -hmm. it was fine. And um, okay, so Cassidy, uh, Cletus Cassidy is a character that came into being after Eddie Brock, obviously, Mm -hmm. and he had a symbiote on him. It was like called, like they did Maximum Carnage and like a video game based off of that. And Mm -hmm. it's like, it's like when your character, like when your bad guy becomes too relatable and you're like, oh, we gotta up the ante. So here's another one, but he's even worse. Scarier and like, you know, basically the Joker, but with like an alien on him and like kills people and it's like completely bonkers. He's like that. Okay. So that's a very shorthand way of talking about Cletus Cassidy. He has a lot more to him, but I'm sure he'll be in the sequel. Maybe we'll talk about it then. Great. Uh, <laughs> and there's an end credit sequence, and it's of a movie I had, would rather have been watching. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the post-post, the literal post-credits, is a great sequence from Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. We talked about it. We loved it. It's an amazing movie. And it was funny because I wasn't expecting that. I thought there was going to be a little something else for Venom. So it was such a pleasant surprise when that came up. And I went, yay, I want to watch this movie again now. Yay. And they put a nice chunk of the movie in there. I know. I liked it too. And it made me sad to have spent two hours watching. <laughs> I was like, yeah, thanks, Marvel. Um, so, Giselle, how many symbiotes, symbiotes. give this thing that we watched. I would give this 2.75 out of 5 symbiotes. Totally entertained by it. There are some really funny moments. I love Eddie Brock's character, his dynamic with Venom. I love the personality of Venom. There were definitely some scenes where you could tell it was 100% self-aware and just having fun with it. Like everything obviously we mentioned. I would totally watch this again if it were on. I frankly, I will see the sequel. It is a little dated with its formula. (laughs) It definitely has that 2003 superhero formula to it. But yeah, it was was totally fun. You could tell Tom Hardy had a good time doing this. The analogy I used before, this is like that pizza you get delivered to you at 11 o'clock at night. You got the munchies. You need something to satisfy it. And that reliable pizza, it shows up and it's good. I'm satisfied. I think, uh, yeah, this is a movie. Uh, I, I would give it two symbiotes. I think that's enough for this one. Mm-hmm. They're definitely going to make a sequel. It made $855 million. It had terrible reviews, which I kind of understand. Um, <laughs> you know, I think that it's not, a, it's not the worst superhero movie in 2005. Yeah. Yeah. No, totally. No, so I we travel back in time. I get it. Like, oh, this is good. This, what is this? And even then, we're watching movies like Sam Raimi's Spider-Man and stuff. So I was like, this is sort of even like below that because like <laughs> Doctor Octopus was way more relatable than like oh. this trash bag. So I was like, <laughs> I don't get this. I don't know. It's it's not a great movie at all. I. So the more I talk about it, actually, the worst. I feel about it. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, looking at this, okay, so Spider-Man 2 came out in 2004. Like, that movie was, like, 
fucking good. Oh, it's a great fucking movie. Dragon one was good, Mm -hmm. too. I mean, Green Goblin's costume was a disaster. But, (laughs) you know, I mean, he was good. He was Mm -hmm. a good enough villain. Yeah, totally. Spider-Man 2, I felt like, elevated the villainy. Oh, absolutely. Because of everything we said, it was personal. Alfred Molina is an exceptional actor. Doc Ock is an incredible, sympathetic character. And his whole journey is beautiful in that movie. No, totally. So, like, there's stuff that you can do to fix shit that's just, like, I don't know. This wasn't it for me, Mm -hmm. Sony. This wasn't it. So... So Sony, keep it keep it up with the Spider Verse movies. That was amazing. Good job with that. And for the next Venom, let's uh, remind ourselves that it's not two thousand and five anymore with our story and <laughs> let's characters. Like, let's continue to evolve this story yeah. and like, the storytelling and get yeah. better. Also, yeah. it's so weird to me because, like, not to like extend this podcast longer, but Spider Man is so integral to Venom Mm -hmm. that to me to have an origin story about Venom and not have Spider-Man involved a little hard it's a little clunky it's a little he's such an antithesis antithesis of like Peter Parker and Spider-Man like they're so connected in my mind of like why Eddie Brock was the way he was and like why he was so manipulated and like so like why he went down this trail of like becoming who he was of like this villain or, or this arch enemy of Spider-Man that like to lose that it feels a little hollow. Like they just didn't have the rights Spider-Man. So they were just like, or they like lent them out. And so they're like, well, we can create a whole nother verse with like all the leftovers. Mm-hmm. And I was like, and it does, it feels like leftovers. It feels like not that great. Maybe one of the reasons why I'm able to enjoy it as much as I do is because I don't have that knowledge of the comics. So I think maybe I'm able to separate myself. So it's totally understandable for someone like yourself who obviously has a lot of knowledge and appreciation for the mythology of it. I have a very surface level knowledge in comparison to yours and like obviously a lot of other people out there. So I'm able to enjoy it and separate myself in that regard. And yeah, this was fun. It's just like a fun, silly time. Like it's a buddy comedy slash romance. Like that's how I've categorized it in my head. And that's how, and that's how I enjoy it. (laughs) (laughs) A much healthier approach than mine where I'm just like, this wasn't it for me. I don't know. It's like, it's fine. It is what it is. I don't think, it's not breaking new ground, and I don't think it meant to. No, exactly. I don't think it meant to. And as I said, it knows what it is, and it just embraces it. Absolutely. All right, Giselle, any other uh, thoughts? Nope. No? No. I'm trying to think of what I think we're going to do. I know what you did last summer next. I can't remember. That death becomes her. We kind of threw some stuff around, but we never solidified anything. Right. I thought we had a list going and now we're just verbalizing all of this on the podcast. <laughs> so we'll talk amongst ourselves. We'll have something up. Great. Yeah. Okay. All right. Awesome talking to you as always, Giselle. Likewise. Thank you for listening. Please rate, review, subscribe, spread the word. Spread the Thank word. You. Tell your friends. Tell your friends bad wigs. Tell your, <laughs> tell your symbiotes to check us yes. out. Yeah. Yeah. Do it. Get your Spider-Man on. Like, yeah. I hate myself. Anyway, have a great night, day, evening, whenever you're listening to this. Yeah. Have a great one of those. (laughs) (laughs) All right. We'll see you next time, guys. Bye. Bye.